episode of Speaker Sofaidlin is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers Omeji Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Circuit Barakil, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Asuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mictor Rabentau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Arcadia Lunashine, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grino, Elenriel Maximus, Coderith Novelis, Mira Miri, Bay Barbale, Suno Shikano, Celestau Natrell, Lazy Boy, A Bag of Dragon Knight, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Storm Arrow, Tex, Kylin, AJ Brainswordson, Anathus Moonscar, Arthur Law, Beridan Derard, Cypup, Spencer Christmas, Noy Fafnir, Chesha Saltiri, Celine Delune, and Webster Wolf. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. Good evening, Eorsians. Welcome to Speakers of Fightland, episode 303. I'm Lakeel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston and Rollo Dez. Very rare, Ooh. but Mela isn't here today. Um, we should have, like, a, a name for this trio, like you do in Mario Party games, where they have, like, a unique name for every group. Okay, yeah. We can be... <laughs> um, <laughs> what a callback. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got it all here. Uh-huh. The, uh, what do we three have in common? Uh... 14. <laughs> that's, that's something Mela has in common too. Yeah. Oh, it's, We're not unique. British. Oh, yeah. The anti-crown. The queen Gilgi's killers. Still under the crown, and I'm oh, in a kingdom, um, so it's kind of weird oh, for us right. to, not to be called that. We're okay, both. So uh, maybe feel Gilgi the need to call this out now, because remember, there was a period of time where this was the podcast crew. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. I know, but it's just, we got to come up with a name for it. The 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 tw the 2020 gang wasn't that the the year oh, what a time to <laughs> celebrate <laughs> yeah. yeah that oh the best time for speakers <laughs> yes. start of the pandemic <laughs> peak pandemic time uh all right anyways welcome to speakers of Ireland. it's episode 303 it is june the 11th 2022 uh, our main topic uh, this episode, uh, patch 6.15, uh, also there was a Primals concert, um, more on that uh, later, uh, and we'll be reading your Mogmail, speakersxv.com slash Mogmail, stay tuned for the post show, we'll be reading questions from the Syndicate. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the show, let's jump into recent events. Yes recent events uh is here um i think we'll just jump into the uh live dev blog um <clears throat> for uh the primals now this is a bit of a different dev blog um because it's a photo dev blog so i think we need to have it on screen so this concert happened we were going to watch it uh, at least uh <laughs> georgi uh, uh mela and i were i was not really going to. I, I was like, mm, I'll watch it if I'm awake. 
what happened? Well, you, you guys see... just didn't wake up. <laughs> well, that's the well, ironic thing. I thought thing. it was later in the day. <laughs> the ironic thing is that I was the only one that was up and thought about it because I looked at the date. Just I was I was planning to just shut off my computer, uh, and I just looked at the time and I'm like. Hmm. This date rings a bell, and that's not very often it does for me. <laughs> and I'm like, is this, is this the concert? So I just asked. No one, no one replied. I think Mela answered like an hour later. I was like, oh, yeah. So yeah, we uh, we missed out on that. Um, we do all have tickets though, so I think we can just we can watch the VOD. Have you watched the VOD, VOD mm. Gyorgy? Yeah. No, no, no. Had a chance to yet. Uh, yes. So, anyways, uh, oh yeah, I just tuned in to like just to see to make sure that we weren't all just hallucinating. Uh, and I just <laughs> looked in there and there's Uematsu on stage uh, in like an ancient outfit. I'm like, wow, we've missed out. <laughs> we have missed out on something here. Uh, okay, well, anyways, here is uh, ooh, uh, here is the, um, the dev blog. Um, I'll zoom in a little so uh, we can all see. You know what? Let's do one more. One more grandpa zoom. Okay. So, uh, this is a look at the Primals Live in Japan Beyond the Shadow concert. Uh, greetings, everyone. This, oh, yeah. Also, uh, I I don't really... I never use Instagram. Just disclaimer. I don't know how to use it. I'll, I'll be very honest. That's my boomer thing. Yeah, right. I go up there. It's just pictures. That's it? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, exactly. So, I... <laughs> I but I, I constantly get, like, notifications because we have... Believe it or not, Speakers has an Instagram account. <laughs> and uh, it was like, oh, Square... Uh, was it Square? Or Final Fantasy fourteen is live on Instagram. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I click it, and it's just Foxclon, like, trying to, like, record... Like, he's doing some sort of weird... I was like, what is going on? They were live streaming on Instagram uh, as well for this concert. Ooh. So, that happened. Um... Yeah, that's true. That it is uh, time limited, but I think we have like a couple of weeks. I think before it's no, gone. we do not. We have until Monday your time. Oh, oh, watch it soon. Take it in. Okay, well then, then time is running. Oh yeah, how long has it been? It's been a week since the concert. That's why I wanted to do it before this podcast, where I knew you were all busy. <sighs> yeah, Mela is just not available either. So yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, uh, let's jump into this. Uh, greetings, everyone. Scranix music team here. The Primals recently in, uh, performed their first dedicated live concert in four years and were joined by many Warriors of Light in the largest venue in the band's history. Uh, there they are. Um, there were also many viewers watching the paid streaming performance and both the live and online audiences were going wild by the end of the show. Perhaps some of you are still reeling from the excitement that the concert elicited even so many days later. If you missed the show, oh yeah, here's the date. An archived recording of the concert is still available for purchase and can be watched until Monday the 13th of June 2022 at 1459 GMT, 1559 BST, uh, and 14th of June uh, 2022 at, well, right before 1 a.m. Uh, AEST. But today, we'd like to re reminisce about the show via photos captured during each of the performances. Uh, yeah. I love when they, they just have a picture like this that is just tells us nothing. It's just mm. a picture of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There's the little shake, the little batons yeah. every time, every yeah. concert. Yeah. Shake them in the, at, uh, with the beat, guys. <laughs> Here's a shot from May when the her rehearsals began. They did rehearsal. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just levitating. It's... Yeah. After rehearsal. Um, <laughs> the sound system's all good. Uh... I mean, the, 
these descriptions are something. Standing positions are good. Oh, right. Top text. Oh, shit. Are those the Yeezys? Oh. The new boost? <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Uh, stage gimmicks are good. Uh, I'm assuming that's... Is that Koji Fox? Probably. Um, now, all that's left to do is get the show on the road. And then there's a picture. Oh, this for audio listeners this is going to be dreadful. Um, this uh, There's a Moogle. Uh, there's, we keep following a Moogle uh, here. Peeking backstage on the day of the performance. Um, I'm not. You know what? I'm not even going to read these 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 <laughs> descriptions anymore. It's just images. It's just so pictures. Fun. This is this is again a picture of nothing. <laughs> it's just nothing. <laughs> a, a blurry picture of a cameraman. <laughs> and uh, oh, and then they're teasing the ancient outfit. That's uh, Umatsu. Um, then Yoshi P even stopped by, oh. wearing a primal shirt. I like, I like that dude showing off his belt. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. got the biggest <laughs> buckle in town. <laughs> uh, at the main entrance, attendees were greeted by an enormous illustration from the Endwalker 7-inch vinyl single. There it is. That's the... Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, there are the... There's, this, there's poster. That. this poster. This poster is... Just... I think it's so funny. I just can't get over <laughs> the fact that Koji Fox is like... It's... It's the tie and like the hat. It's very like yeah. mid two thousand ska <laughs> or early two thousand ska. Yeah, it's like it's he's about funny. to start singing Superman or something. <laughs> it's kind of got that like Green Day aesthetic too. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the announcements echoed in the sea of stars, the Primals waited off stage five minutes before the show started in earnest. How strange to wait backstage before going on stage. Uh, and then some lyrics. Uh, no, I believe that is the little, uh, that's translation of the um, intro that they had, I think Emmett Selk's voice, act, Japanese voice actor, say before oh, yeah. the show. Yeah. Treasure every moment, our ephemeral time upon this stage. May our heart, your heart, kindle with such joy as to outshine stars. And there he is. Uh, that's Umatsu on stage. Just a little blurry picture. <laughs> looks like a, it looks like we're just looking at him through like an, a crystal ball yeah. or something. <laughs> well, at, I, at first he was like, you weren't supposed to know who he was. And then okay. he unmasked. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there are lots of pictures from this. Um, I mean, it's a big venue, like looking out at the audience. Oh, it was a massive venue. Yeah. Mm. Okay, finally, some text. It was an energetic and eventful concert, and we even had a surprise appearance from a certain special guest. The pillars of flame during Titan's theme, the explosive stage effects during Brute Justice's theme, and many other memorable sights and sounds. Insatiable and To the Edge were accompanied by awesome gameplay footage submitted by our very own Warriors of Light resulting in a joint performance between the community and the band. A huge thank you to those who submitted their footage. The music, footage, and performance effects brought together the in-game experiences of every individual in the concert, making for an electrifying and awe-inspiring two and a half hours. Very long uh, concert. If you missed out mm -hmm. on the concert or want to watch it again, we've got you covered. Yeah, okay, we talked about that. Um, well, there you go. Um, 
Interesting that they don't, they at no point mentioned Uematsu by name. Are they really try, trying to keep it like a secret for the people that haven't watched the VOD? <laughs> because no spoilers for the concert, please. I'm pretty sure that was the so. first thing to get spoiled <laughs> literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. This is something for us to look forward to that yes. we need to watch before, before Monday. Yes. Before it's gone. Good Hurry. Lord, good Lord. Don't waste your money. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, that was a whole other thing. Getting that ticket was a bit of a nightmare for me. I've, yeah, I was it wasn't so confused. easy. What, did you do it through like the, the Square Enix store or something? No. It no, was, it's it, some Japanese like uh, website that organizes it for you to buy like the ability to stream yeah. concerts. And, it, and you had to make like an account and then there was like all this verification thing that you had to do and then... When I, after I had ordered, um, it said I hadn't. Like, it said the payment failed first for me. Oh, really? And I'm like, I didn't get that. And actually. I'm like, no, but I got the receipt from PayPal. It just said that I've paid. I'm like, uh-oh, did I just fucking... Oh, no. Do I have to deal <laughs> with, like, Japanese customer support? Like, what am I going to do here? Um, and then uh, I just sat there. and then, But it showed up and, like, you have... You, you you have uh, you, no 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 it wasn't purchased it was like you have you have won the lottery or whatever so you can buy a ticket like you have been allowed to buy a ticket or whatever and I'm like okay oh, what yes. does that mean and it said yeah. order uh, payment not fulfilled or something I'm like oh okay so what do I have <laughs> do I have a ticket and then I just kind of left it I just gave up I'm like I'm not dealing with this today uh, and then uh, <laughs> the next day I just went in and checked. And the ticket was there. There was no email confirmation that the ticket had like processed. It was just there. <laughs> so hmm, uh, very oh, scary. No, no, no. This is very much on you. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, there you go. That's the primals. Now we have to continue the we discuss Vanadil uh, interview. Um, this is the third part of um the naoki yoshida interview uh there's going to be another part apparently there's going to be like four parts um to this Sense. so yeah um let's go into it i don't have the website open so i have to deal with our horrible show notes uh which has <laughs> the most interesting formatting i've ever seen uh, okay, so moving on. Um, this uh, maintaining developer motivation in a long in long term MMO operations. Uh, this year is eleventh twentieth twentieth anniversary and the ninth year since Final Fantasy fourteen relaunched. Is there anything you'd consider a necessity, requirement, or secret formula when it comes to long term MMORPG operations? Uh, uh, Matsui. <laughs> Mats, oh right here it, it begins. There's a, there's a space. Matsui says it's extremely crucial for the developers to be intrinsically motivated in their work, like being able to measure their personal improvement. For example, an MMORPG isn't something you can consider finished after developing up to a certain extent, and you must make a continual commitment to the people playing your game. Yoshida says, the more I think about it, the more I agree with Mr. Matsui. I don't mean to be rude to our customers, but development on a game is doomed if the developers lose their motivation. On one hand, customers are absolutely right when they say, but we're still paying, you have to continue development, and I believe it's an in uh, in inevitable fact. But we're also only human, so if someone were to say, I don't care if I'm getting paid, I don't want to work on the game anymore, 
then that'd be out of our hands. Matthew says the key is how you go about maintaining their motivation to prevent that from happening. Yoshida says ambitious developers tend to have a desire to compete with the rest of the world by creating state-of-the-art games with cutting-edge technology. However, when it comes to developing MMORPGs, upgrading the base systems and graphics engine is no easy feat. As professionals, sometimes we can't help but compare our day-to-day -day work with what's feasible with the latest technology and feel that the grass is greener on the other side. That's true. Uh, we are, I mean, interesting considering graphics update is coming to 14 uh, next expansion. Um, <clears throat> now the grass is greener on our side. Oh, mm. We're getting better grass. The grass is better yeah. on our side soon. What uh, MMO looks better than this? <laughs> no one take that, RuneScape 3. Top 10 MMO grass. Number one, <laughs> Final Fantasy 14. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a unique burden of developing MMORPGs that have been around for a while. Yoshida says, but that's also why we need a motivator that surpasses those kinds of feelings. For example, it might be a substantial salary, a work environment that enables you to try new things, uh, or noticeable improvements in your personal growth. Another one might be fostering an environment where you can receive positive feedback directly from players who enjoy your game. Matsuyu says, at the end of the day, I believe the aspects of content quality affected by... Um, the developer's motivation are conveyed to the people playing the game. As such, we're always conscious of nurturing a work environment where the team can tackle their work with a challenging spirit. The same goes for the Final Fantasy XIV development team, I believe. That's right, says Yoshida. We keep our team invigorated by rotating roles within the development team or creative business unit 3's other titles, such as assigning long-time level designers to content planning, for instance. Like any other form of entertainment, games come to an end when the providing party loses interest, so I believe it's very valuable that our division offers those kinds of initiatives. What are Creative Business Unit 3's other titles other than 16 that they're working on right now? That's a good question. Uh, I, let's, let's look it up. This yeah. is Unit 3. I can't think uh, of Because this suggests that there's more than two. Mm. No, they just... It's well, it says 11, 14, and 16. So, oh, 11, of course, and, and Dragon Quest 10. Yeah, is it? I mean, is it right? Is to it talk about being shuffled between, talk about being shuffled between team. I don't think I'd want to be shuffled from the 14 team to 11 team, but that's just me. <laughs> that's uh, uh. I think it'd be, especially if you've never worked on 11, if you were, like, shuffled into 11s, <laughs> you'd, like, have to deal I, with... I don't think, think that would be a good thing for my motivation. <laughs> that must be... It's probably why they're talking about it, but it must be hard to keep motivation up in the 11 development team, because surely you, you know you're at the very end of this game's, like, life, technically. Like, unless there is this, like re like so, i mean yoshi p is leading creative business unit three he might have something up his sleeve and we're already seeing it with 11 like they're getting a lot a lot of new content but i feel like it's a bit of a downgrade i'm sorry to all again <laughs> i'm sorry but you have to understand the uh, 14 is definitely like the cool one out of the two right now it's the hot one mm. uh, but maybe it's like more stressful to work on so it's like oh god i'm working on 14 
People just keep complaining oh. about uh, bunny ears and hats. Yeah, this is one of the eleven. That's true. I, I just, I just want to maintain what's there. I guess maybe that's a bit of a break when they go there. Yeah, to get just chill a little. <laughs> I can just, you know, I'll. What do you do? Like, do you like? When do like? I mean, they get they get like content monthly content updates. I guess yeah. they, which is essentially just shuffling some mobs around in a dungeon. Be like, oh, now these are the mobs in this in this dungeon. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, working on the same project for twenty years must require an enormous level of commitment. Yoshida says, within the Final Fantasy XI team, there are people who've put their career plan on hold until Final Fantasy XI celebrates its 20th anniversary and finds a clear trajectory forward, which I truly admire. Given their careers as game developers, it's a highly critical decision. Perhaps their choice is something I could keep to myself, but at the same time, I feel that it wouldn't hurt for more people to know that there are members who've made that sort of commitment to work on XI. I mean, that's that's sweet, I guess. A life's work. Yeah. My magnum opus. I can't leave the company until I, I know my baby I mean, secured. I will say that if you worked from the start of 11, yeah. that's a nice thing to have on your resume. Like, it is still the first like Final Fantasy MMO. And it's still running, mm. which is a, you know, yes. they did good. Um, all right. As for how you interact with your player community, do you feel that it's changed over the course of long-term operations? Matsuyu says, Nowadays, there are systems in place which allow the development team to listen to player feedback and also convey their intentions. On the other hand, back in the early days of development, we still had the same mindset from when we were making conventional console games, which was to capitalize on the developer's uniqueness and only think about the players who would find that sort of game interesting. In that sense... Our mindset during the early days may have been unfit for creating MMORPGs. Uh, it sounds like you really had to learn as you went during the early days. Uh, Matsu says, uh, this goes back to what I mentioned about motivation. But as a developer, the important idea is to make a game you'd personally enjoy rather than just simply creating what the customer want. Sorry, the customers want. I don't mean what we, the, that we ignore the players' opinions, but what we try to do is to reconcile those opinions with the development team's ideas. After all, if we didn't do that, then it wouldn't really matter who's making the game. However, Final Fantasy XI players are very kind, and there are many who also believe both sides need to work together and liven things up. In that sense as well, I'm very grateful to our customers and thankful for their continual support. I think it's interesting that Matsu refers to the players as customers. That is something Yoshi P yes. never really does. Uh, hmm. That's sort of. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, go on. I think it's also interesting that he refers to the eleven players as very kind, which is, <laughs> I feel as if the kinds of people that would still be playing eleven at this point are more tolerant of what they would have, what they would expect from the game at this point. Like they're they're pot committed at this point right that's true yeah um okay uh i think that's funny though <clears throat> like what? 14 players you know what they're called warriors of light An 11 player they're called customers <laughs> <laughs> hello <laughs> hello returning customers <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh yeah it's an interesting difference in how they refer to them uh to their players um 
I mean, I feel like it might be because I think, I don't know, now I know nothing about Matsu's background, but I mean, Yoshi P was literally working on trying to win back people's trust and mm. referring to them as customers, it adds like a <laughs> layer of separation there. Uh, yes. Player is more casual. Um, the secret to long-term operations is to communicate with players. Mr. Yoshida started the letter from the producer live broadcast with the with the relaunched Final Fantasy XIV, which have made a significant difference in the distance between players and developers. In the same sort of way, when would you say the sense of distance between the players and developers changed in Final Fantasy XI? Matsuyu says, I'd say it happened at different timings for the overall development team and for me personally. From the team's point of view, I'd say the first fan event was when we and the customers... The customers became clearly aware of each other's presence. Becoming more aware of the humans on the other side of the screen was a turning point for us. Actually, now it's getting weird reading it. Customers. It's yeah. so harsh and weird. Uh, okay. As for me personally, it was when I was harshly criticized by... The, okay, now it's players. By the players regarding job adjustments. While I always take their claims with a grain of salt, there's no denying that their pointed remarks have some truth to them in terms of our shortcomings. Becoming aware of that and feeling I should be more proactive in listening to their opinions was a turning point for me. Okay. That said, there wasn't really a moment of dramatic change. I think it's more accurate to say that we gradually became more in tune with things during these past 20 years. Not to mention my gratitude towards the people who've been playing the game for so long has only continued to grow. Like a, uh, like a relationship of mutual trust that's been built up over the years. Um, Matsu says, Nowadays, with a large number of long-term games, including mobile games, there's kind of like a guideline for how companies should interact with their customers. But there wasn't anything like that when we launched Final Fantasy XI, so we kind of accumulated experience over a long period of time. Yeah, like not calling your players customers. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he became aware of that, that's why he suddenly said players in there i don't know it's <laughs> kind of weird but he still says yeah. customers okay yeah he does he does um okay and now again just as a reminder there is a third person in this interview that's the interviewer uh the they the, here they are as for final fantasy 14 the letter from the producer live broadcasts have been a thing ever since mr yoshida took over was there a particular level of closeness you had in mind when those began Yoshida says, uh, I'd always believed that there needed to be more communication between players and MMO oh god, MMORPG <laughs> hold on, uh, operations team, huh? Nope. Uh, development development teams. teams. As long as MMORPG, as a long time MMORPG player, that was my conclusion after noticing how many players saw the developers as their enemies. Because I was both a player and a game developer, I could see why developers made certain implementations and understood the difficult decisions they were forced to make, but their intentions weren't reaching the player communities at large. Of course, there was no way these intentions would have ever reached the players because the developers weren't publicizing them. Yeah, they did. They publicized them in the latest issue of Game Informer. Did you buy your subscription to read the developer interview? <laughs> right, That's how you got your right. info. That's true. That's true. Well, there was also an issue leading even into like the, I'd argue the mid to late 2000s that like developers didn't, you didn't know developers by name. There was right. still like this mysterious like barrier between the consumer and 
the game developer. Mm-hmm. There were occasional exceptions, like people knew who Miyamoto was and other like very large figures like that. But for the most part, you didn't know who the people were behind make behind the games. Right. Yeah. True. Um, okay. Normally, you wouldn't really consider those sorts of things. Thank you, interviewer, for just saying that. Yoshida says, back then, MMORPG operations teams were unaware of how important it was to explain the intentions behind their decisions. So, at the receiving end of these decisions, players became increasingly frustrated from not understanding the reason behind them, and eventually would grow to think of the developers as their enemies. And since the developers are only human too, when they were confronted with such negative reactions, they grew angry, thinking, I only have the best intentions for the game. What did I do to deserve this treatment? Uh, Matsu says, I mean, that's true. I mean, if you don't communicate, it's just like comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah, we've nerfed, uh, we've removed Cure from White Mage. And then Your there's favorite no- job is now worse. Yes. Why? No explanation. So. Yeah, it's just we've decided that. <laughs> Um, Matsu says, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? Yoshida says, why do we end up with this friction when both sides want an enjoyable game? The reason is solely because the direction the developers have in mind for the game isn't reaching the players. Not not understanding the reasoning behind implementations is very frustrating, especially with game designs like Elevens, where players spend a lot of time leveling up. Oh, yes. So, I thought that if I ever had a chance to lead an MMORPG, I would frequently communicate with the players and share our intentions or future plans for the game. Sense, because like with an MMO, you are investing time into actively making a class usable for yourself. Mm -hmm. Compared to like an FPS where for the most part, you can change your weapon whenever you want and it's not like you have had to spend like inordinate time into like building up a level system the only thing you've been improving is your skill level yeah true you know what uh you know a series or a type of game really sucks by the kind of communication mm. gotcha games <laughs> that doesn't surprise me <laughs> well, at all because you spend like yeah i spent 500 dollars to get my fucking ssr unit and they just made them worse no, well, my, my Venti Genshin Impact, now he's bad. No! I, I think there's a purposeful level of obfuscation between the player and the, the uh, developer when it comes to gacha games because the, the whole system is quite insidious in its efforts to obtain money from the player. It, they actually, yeah. um, surprisingly, at least the big one right now, Genshin Impact, they do have their own versions of, like, live letters from the producer where they go over their changes and you know mm-hmm. what's upcoming and what and uh, why this and that has changed because they have to because it's you spending a lot of fucking money if you're a whale and you yeah mm-hmm. just thinking about gotcha games is just depressing <laughs> like they're literally just made to like suck Ooh. money out of you oh mm-hmm. and i love it i love playing them <laughs> i love not spending money i feel like i'm winning awful awful <laughs> and then there's diablo immortal you've got money haven't you <sighs> no I'm we're broke. not let's not even let's not even let's just acknowledge <laughs> that that is a train wreck as well um a good game apparently but you better Better no, pay out if you want the full experience. 
It's a good game if you have the means to obtain the good game. Yes, that's right. They've locked the good game behind mm. a paywall. You gotta uh, keep up. Also, <laughs> they took out the shaman for some reason. Oh, yeah. Who, who could wonder why? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God. All right. Get me out of here. Uh, okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, so uh, Yoshipi said uh, that he wanted, he, um, if he had, a, if he ever had a chance to lead an MMORPG, he, MMORPG, he would frequently communicate with the players and share their intentions and future plans with the game. So the interviewer says, that opportunity arose in Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Yoshida says, of course, I wasn't expecting to suddenly appear in a live broadcast. However, we felt that the major negativity surrounding Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 called for no less than the person in charge to appear, and so we decided to respond with that approach. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't... I mean, we talked about, like, faceless... I mean... 1.0 is a clear example. Whenever you saw mm -hmm. uh, Tanaka, he was like in a suit and he was like yeah. very like unapproachable. Like he, he was kind of like the shadow, shadowy figure <laughs> that would sometimes, who only really showed up when he had to apologize after the game had been published uh, and went and mm. the apologies were. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they were that good. <laughs> he, he was most. He. I feel like Tanaka always appeared as if he didn't know what was going on. He just seemed, and that's probably because he never had like. If he had a letter from the producer live, I probably wouldn't think that of him. But I didn't know mm -hmm. like what he was like. <laughs> like no, yeah, you got to have a persona now as a developer. To, you do. You know. You, you have to um, put yourself out there. Yeah, not that and you should have to, but it's, but it, it's kind of like kind of you, people expect. It's kind of like um, like this is a weird example, but I think you get what I mean. Like it's like with Apple, you needed a Steve okay. Jobs because oh, Wozniak right. mm -hmm. isn't you know this like he can't he's sell his face you. right. You exactly. can't put him he's in a turtleneck. Right, right. I think Wozniak <laughs> is a strong personality, but they don't know how to use him. Right, or well, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Um, yes. So, uh, anyways, uh, Yoshida is kind of the Steve Jobs of a realm of Final Fantasy XIV. What, what a pull. Well, he, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? He's like, but he's, I, he's more involved than Steve Jobs. And he like, locked his, his workers in like a fucking okay, hotel or something. I'm talking about okay. the public appearance, Rollo. You don't have to go that deep. I know, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, also, we don't know, Rollo. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know for sure. Anyways, uh, so um, Matsu says, uh, Mr. Wada uh, also appeared on the first live letter, uh, first letter from the producer live, and that was the CEO of Square Enix at the time, who also kind of awkwardly had to step down after this uh, disaster. Uh, Yoshida says, under normal circumstances, rather than have me appear in the broadcast, uh, I thought uh, it'd be better to have someone who could talk about the overall project, like a lead development manager, and have them make, uh, have them make the announcements. That would have been similar to what Dark Age of Camelot did. Sanya, their PR manager, would gather questions from the players to bring up in interviews with the development team. We've already talked about Dark Age of Camelot, so I'm not going to explain that to you. Um, so, I had oh, to be there. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, go back to episode 302 uh, to hear that. Ah, so there was a president, uh, Yoshida says. It was a column called Grab Bag. And even if there were times when we'd be thinking, that's not what we wanted to know, Sonia, it made me very happy. Relatable umbrella question. <laughs> yes. Goodness. Yes. <laughs> Everyone would uh. be making lighthearted remarks like, someone do something about that, Sonia. But we all looked forward to that column on Fridays. There weren't many Japanese players who read it because it was only in English. But those of us like me who kept up with information on the game would explain to others they actually talked about that in Grab Bag. This is what they said. Man, he's just like me for real. I do that, <laughs> but with 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matsuya says, so that furthered the mutual understanding between both sides. Yoshida says, that's right. Dark Age of Camelot's mid-service efforts to bring their team and players closer together left an impression on me, and I felt it could be even more fun if we did it on a larger scale. But wasn't it resource-intensive to prepare the materials for the presentation and set aside time for sh showing up to the broadcast? Yoshida says... I don't know how intensive it really is. I mean, they just print out pictures and show them up to a camera. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yoshida says, during the process of deciding what to implement into the game, we check with the development team to confirm what features and concepts we have. All of that information is compiled into a document which the community team has to go through and narrow down the topics we should publicize. And that's an extremely taxing process. Compared to that, considering how we don't use a script for our letter live broadcasts, you might say it's easier for those of us conducting the actual show. Uh, laughs. On the other hand, I do feel that we spend more resources on following up on each category after a patch is released. In a way, you could say that we're, we're spending those resources preemptively. He's saying they don't use a script for their live letter. Uh, they are definitely are using some, maybe not a script. Well, they're they definitely use prompts, using but I don't think they have a script, what you would call yeah. a script. Just the slides and then, you know. Yeah. Uh, says, Besides, explaining things beforehand gives the players something to be excited for while they wait. So I do think there's more pros than cons. Mat Matsu says, I agree. A lot of the time it's better to explain first before players develop their own misconceptions. Yoshida says, but having too much exposure is also an issue. Recently, there's been more cases where excerpts of our broadcasts and interviews have spread on social media. There's also been a considerable increase in our words being taken out of context for clickbait. So it's rough. Matsu it's modern video game journalism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but have they really done that with Yoshida, like, at all recently? I can't think of anything. I'm sure it, well, I'm sure it happens, but I don't think he has reported back to us in, no. like, subreddit, because I don't think people would bring it up there. But I'm sure in, like, the more general video game uh, audience, like, there are some people that might get receive misinformation just as a result of a tiny piece of, in like, part of the live letter being spread to them and... Without context. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Matsui says, I'm always impressed by how carefully Mr. Yoshida speaks to avoid misunderstandings and how he always includes the reasoning and background information. But I guess that's all for naught if people are removing the context. Yeah. Yoshida says, it's not like I'll reduce how much I communicate because of that, but I do make sure to speak up when there's something that made me unhappy. Like when I talked about how criticism and abuse are different things. Um, I wonder what that is referring to. Is that the, um... There were, I can't remember the exact context, but I remember recently there was issues of, like, people getting very angry at the development team and providing non-constructive criticism. 
Oh yeah. Okay. I think that was sometime during the pandemic or like the the beginning of it. Yeah, we probably covered it. But I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, mm. The ability to spread information in the age of social media can sometimes be a double-edged sword. Ishida says, I believe that's precisely why communication is so important. However, I'd also like to follow that up with a warning for my fellow game developers. I don't think you should try to mimic a broadcast half-heartedly without a goal, unless you're going for something more like a variety show. Customers play games more than we do, so trying to run a broadcast based on superficial knowledge is bound to fail. We often get consulted by others in the industry, but our first question to them is, do you play games? Okay. Uh, Mr. Matsui says, sorry, what? No, Mr. Matsui's freshly picked Vanadil broadcasts have become quite a long-standing series as well. Since they started about great a great name. Yeah. <laughs> since they started about a year after Mr. Yoshida began his letter from the producer live broadcasts. Um... Matsu says, I started freshly picked Vanadil so I could relay what I wanted in a quicker manner. Going through with a professional looking broadcast would require a lot of preparation and end up delaying my message from its intended timing. Instead, we embraced the cheapness and prioritized delivering information <laughs> over broadcast quality. Now that we're seeing the positive effects of the broadcasts, I can even have a PowerPoint. I can even have PowerPoint <laughs> slides made. What a luxury! <laughs> um... You're broadcasting those in a studio nowadays, but you first started off in a conference room. Yoshida says, With Final Fantasy XIV, we still try to avoid using the studio as much as we can. Our broadcasts often end up being long, so using the studio would mean we'd make the studio staff stay behind, and it makes me feel guilty when I must ask them for an extension. Thus, we don't use the studio, uh, studio outside of special circumstances. So where are they broadcasting from most of the time? <sighs> I don't know, like just uh, just in the office, just to have a little little corner in the office space. I don't know, like all these nice walls behind them. Yeah, like, it feels like it's set up for more than just like it's probably like office work. It's probably walls on wheels, so they can just wheel in and just yeah, that's set true. up a set. Uh, I know. Yeah, they have to, they have they, done it in the cafeteria. They have before. done the cafeteria. Yeah, uh, but I think that was more like a pandemic thing that they needed like a bigger space. But yeah. That's true. Um, there you go. I love the difference between eleven and the, and also that Matsu isn't even like saying that they're gonna up the quality of their like because comparing freshly picked Vanadil to Letter from the Producer Live, pretty big difference because Matsu. I mean, they only recently were allowed to start using slideshows. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and you can tell luxury. that's a restrict. Well, yeah, you can tell it's a restricted resource considering the fact that, as I said earlier, there are times when they just print things out and show them up to the camera. That's right. That's slides right. Sl slides are clearly <laughs> a very expensive resource yes. that you can't waste. Yes. Hey, that license key from Microsoft costs money, <laughs> right? And Enterprise <laughs> One isn't cheap. True, true. Yeah, there you go. Paying that... by the slide. <laughs> that is um, the third part of the We Discuss Vanadil uh, interview. Let's jump into Mogmail. We have some Mogmail that we need to get through as well. So, uh, speakersexcavator.com mm -hmm. slash Mogmail if you want to send Mogmail. Uh, here we go. Yay. Oi. 
not supposed to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is from Morion from Behemoth. Um, a few weeks ago, I took a short break from Final Fantasy XIV to play some single-player games in my backlog. Last week, I saw that Nino Kuni Cross World would have a PC client, so I decided no! to give it a shot. Oh, no! boy. I'm so sorry! <laughs> that was a mistake. After less than a week, hitting paywall after paywall for the most stupid and simple things, I gave up. It was not pay to win, it was pay to play, and pay even more to win. No problem, I jumped to Destiny 2, where I could have all the fun I wa- Oh wait. Destiny puts old expansions in the vault when Bun Bungie decides that they simply want to remove content that you paid for, and if you miss a season, good luck trying to understand the plot. No problem. I'm sure Diablo <laughs> Immortal will be good, right? What could possibly go wrong? Anyway, what random situations made you appreciate Final Fantasy XIV more? Uh, and uh, what do you think is the most underrated thing in the game? After this, I have a new appreciation for not having main content removed from the game, the new game plus, and even the online store. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not entirely correct. We have lost small, relatively insignificant parts of the main mm. scenario from A Realm Reborn, but, but that I, was... for the most part... Yeah, but they haven't locked the MSQ. No. They've no, trimmed absolutely some not. fetch quests. Yeah, I, that's pretty horrible. If they because they literally put old exp they remove expansions. Like yeah, if if I think it's what Curse of Osiris, even Forsaken, which was like I think one of the most popular expansions that kind of sort of brought Destiny back. I think uh huh. Uh, I think that one's gone now, which is just weird. I don't understand how the story works in Destiny because you can just not get DLC. And get the other DLC and just go. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's a weird ass business model. That's really odd. <laughs> like, I feel like that's almost not legal. <laughs> like, as if you pay for. Because I don't know how they release expansions, but you, I'm assuming you pay for an expansion, right? Yeah. The. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. I think Destiny 2 should just be a monthly sub. Mm -hmm. I think it's fucking. They, they try to toe the line of like, oh, weird. Just, just buy the expansion and you're set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like no, you gotta, yeah. you gotta get the season pass and you just, uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Just pay the fucking five, ten bucks a month. It'd be easier yeah. than dealing with what Destiny Two makes you deal with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. It's when I read stuff like this, I appreciate fourteen as well, because uh, it's nice to just have a game. Okay, I pay for it, you know, monthly. But at least it's there, and there's no... I don't have to pay anything else. Like, everything else I can get in the game. You could you could argue the online store, but it's it's cosmetics and, like, jump potions. I don't, I don't really care about that, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, Diablo Immortal, like I mean... That's... I mean, <laughs> it plays fine. It. It's okay. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't play it because it is just such a so insidious. Yeah, <laughs> like I have I have a really high tolerance for this kind of stuff because I play real dog shit games. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them are just it's too much. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I really like that. Fourteen has a pretty consistent look. Mm. Like, mm. like every once in a while, I'd be like, you know what? I kind of miss playing Vindictus. That old 
Korean MMO on Steam. Oh, simple yeah. action. Yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty all right game. Like I, it's just. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, McCall, you go into the main town and you just see shit like angel wings everywhere, and not the ones we have, which are fairly subdued, but like just. Uh, it it hurts to look at. It, it's such it, a visual mess. It's the classic like Korean MMO vibe, where like <laughs> yeah. just yeah, they just add whatever. I uh, mean, we have a game that has like giant like cactua like replicas of cactua shaped buildings. We have cars. We have uh, flying sperm, but like. None of it feels super out of place, really, still. No, yeah. and I wonder if that's just the graphics engine that's making it look less... Like, cause, I don't know. I don't know what it is, because I, I, I obviously, I will never... I don't like that we have angel wings or wings <laughs> at all. I don't like that we're probably going to get plushies and stuff. I don't like any of that. But at least the plushies is I'm surprised you object to as well. To be honest, I, I object don't think to... it's that weird to choke. Oh, you're thinking just a normal teddy, but there's gonna be so much shit that we're gonna be <laughs> carrying around. Uh... You know it. It's uh, yeah. No, I. I'm I'll fine. save my outrage for when I see something outrageous. Mm. And you, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the I was gonna say um... with the destiny thing. I'm surprised it's even legal by the way, to just remove stuff you've paid for? Like, what if the, uh, Yoshi um, P just went, okay, guys, listen. I know you don't like Stormblood, so we're removing it. Like, yeah. even I would be like, what, hold on. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> That's important. We need to have that. Uh, even if it is just a middle-of-the-road, like, you know, expansion, it's part of the game. But yeah. it, okay, it's even weirder in Destiny because, like, you know, they have the vault and sunsetting things. And first off, the reasoning for it is weird. It's just like, we have too much stuff in the game and the download's too big and there's just too much content. So we got to trim back on old content. And by old content, I mean just entire zones and entire dungeons. Oh, and that weapon you spent forever grinding for? That's getting sunsetted too, so you can't use it anymore. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, what? What? <laughs> Oh my god. Imagine if they just said like the 14 developers said like one day it was like okay, no one's going into Eureka anymore. We're <laughs> going to take these servers down and use them for something else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or you know what? We're working on Samurai. They're just going to go in the vault. You can't play them anymore. <laughs> you, your job soon is just cracked and you can't change into will, it for now. I will say uh Rival Wings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, that did happen. Okay. But uh, has kind of <laughs> happened, yeah. Um, anything that made me... Okay, back to the, the last part. Um, I... Mm, I mean, I just... The regular updates is like a thing that I also feel like we kind mm -hmm. of take for granted here. Is that it's a, a very of, nice schedule. Yeah. It's like, it's just, even... I know we complain sometimes about, like, up until this point, we were complaining about the lack of, like, weekly or daily content in the most recent patch. But, like, you get enough content on a regular schedule that like you still keep coming back yeah and mm. if you don't like and if you if there's not enough for you like it's not going to be long before you there is again 
Yeah, because it's so consistent. You you know that there's just going to be something there. If you take a break, you know that you know when I come back, there's probably going to be a patch <laughs> either that is just dropped or about to. Um, in some games, oh. you just join the game, and you may n you never know when you're going to get new content. Or I guess in Destiny's case, you you never know when you're going to lose it. I mean, look at look at what's become WoW's patch schedule in recent oh. years. Yes, I don't know how they oh. do that. Yes, another nice thing about fourteen, uh, the FOMO, really really low in this game. Oh yeah, like yeah. there's there's the there's the events of course, but events are quick and easy you can finish them in one sort of thing that exists in many games yeah yeah but i'm not i'm not feeling like super super pressure to like oh i gotta grind out the van right now or i'm missing out yeah. uh i mean they did just recently have the battle pass but it's not it's a really easy battle pass mm -hmm. it's, mm. it's even if uh, you're bad at it it'll only take you slightly longer to yeah, yeah. Get enough it, experience through front lines and um, uh, the other new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, yeah stuff like no daily login rewards. Yeah. It's nice. Like I, I can play games that have that stuff. I have a tolerance for it, but it gets to a point where it's like it pushes you so hard. I'm like, oh man, I kind of really want that thing. Oh, I really want it. I don't want to miss out on it. It hits a boiling point where it's like I want it too much, and now I don't want it at all. Yeah. Because now I'm like so aware of how much I want it that I don't want it. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, well, there you go. Thank you, uh, Moriant. Uh, we probably have to... Uh, should we do one more? Uh, yeah, do one more. Okay. Uh, right, um, one more. Mogmail, here we go. Uh, Mogmail, Mogmail, here it is. Oh, that didn't have sound. That didn't have sound. <laughs> that just didn't have sound. Okay, let's do that again. Uh, hold on. Uh, here it is. <laughs> Nora Silverborn from Cactuar. Uh, Nora. Hello. Uh, hello, speakers. Thank you, uh, as always, for providing awesome content, even with the influx of more 14 content creators. You guys are still my fave. Anyway, on to my question. So while I know they've gone to great lengths to declare... Oh, no. Declare Xenos <laughs> dead. There is one pesky detail that bothers me, bothers me and makes me think they could bring him back. His purple gem necklace. While Xenos definitely has enjoyed Yashtola levels of costume change, he hasn't shown a particular affinity for jewelry or other such details, in my opinion. Which is why the purple necklace sticks out to me. Who else did we see low-key suddenly sport a purple gem necklace? Thancred, when he was possessed by La Habrea in 2.0, since Xenos definitely has Asian-like power and has a proven ability to body-hop and possess... Who is to say that he didn't die, but got either tied to, sucked in, or escaped into the purple gem, which could be a crystal of darkness? I definitely consider this a minor, minor detail, and it could absolutely be nothing, but it really bothers me when I look at his last costume change, and the fact that his body is still where we last saw it. What do you guys think? Do you believe they're ab absolutely done with Xenos? Have they left a crack in the door for him to come back? And do you think the necklace irrelevant? Please discuss. Xenos oh, will never do, die. I do think that they are done with Xenos, but I also think they have left the crack open just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Reading this did give me up. Give come give me the thought of a horrible theory. Um, yeah. That like uh, Harry Potter spoilers. What if 
What if Xenos has turned us into a Horcrux? <laughs> Xenos is inside us. Because uh, uh, I, oh. uh, I mean, we were the if 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 considering Xenos' ability to body to body hop, we were the only body there at the time that he supposedly died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I I've I've had this like horseshoe reaction with Xenos at this point. <laughs> yeah, where it's like I was like, uh, maybe I don't really like. I don't think like oh, like I liked him at first, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he was cool in Stormblood. He was great. I liked him. And then, like, the horseshoe goes around in the middle, like, I don't think I really like him. <laughs> and then, I I said this before, but people's reactions to Xenos is the funniest thing. I agree. <laughs> and, yeah. and that, like, the people that, like, furiously hate Xenos are, like, they bring me the greatest joy <laughs> because they're so adamant about that. And he just makes them so mad. Yeah. And that makes me hope I kind of hope he does come back. I want that reaction again. I want to see it in the comments. I want to see it in chat. I want to see it on the Reddit, on Twitter. Every I want like, oh, he's fucking back. Oh, I hate this guy so much. He's just ruining the game. I swear. I mean, if you I have cursed us I now. Came back. <laughs> oh, yeah, go on, go on. I will say I came back around to like, if not liking, at least tolerating or being okay with his role in the story by the end of Endwalker, considering he was ultimately not that significant. No. Um, but, like, I really like that will swing all the way back if he does come back, mm. so don't do it, please. <laughs> I, um, I, I do like how he turned out in Endwalker, though. I'll say that. I, I think that was good, yes. good character development. Just not enough for me to like. I'm gonna be it's one of the people that screaming. He had character development. I think it was more so the fact that he acknowledged who he was. Like, oh. I am who I am, and like, you might not like it, but fuck you. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Speaking directly to the Xenos haters on that one. The yeah. thing, the, the only, the only thing that I, I, because I'm worried about the the necklace now, uh, because it is something that's been used in the story before, uh, and it was not. No attention was pulled to it when it happened until after. Uh, and this could be another one of those because that we know that that's a thing that you can do. But um, the, the problem is, why would he be brought back? Like, why would they like, what does he have to do now? Like, he has no, no. path anymore. I don't see it. Um, Maybe you can put him in a little Xenos chibi doll, and then he walks around, mm-hmm. and he learns about the meaning of love and being a human. All right, well, teasing like, what we're about connect- to talk about. <laughs> his connection to the ancients is, like, kind of irrelevant now. The ancients are, like, a relatively concluded story point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, you know, they. I definitely think they've left... I think that's not the only crack in the door that they left with the necklace. I think the fact that he's just still there is also a crack in the door in itself because yeah. you can't I mean, get out of there, apparently. So, you know. We say he's still there. There being the literal edge of the universe. <laughs> a little difficult in, to come back from. A, I mean, I'm sure he could, but... Yeah. In a dimension entirely made of dynamis, which yeah. is very difficult to manipulate in the first place. The re- it, I mean... 
it was shown that you could get out of there, but we required Meteon's help to do but remember, that. But remember, he's not going to come back immediately. Maybe two expansions from now, he's figured out how to manipulate uh, <laughs> mm. Dynamis. And that's for the I last expansion, he comes back as like Dynamis Xenos. And he's just this <laughs> I horrible I think creature. I said this before the expansion release. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind if Xenos became the team rocket of. Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> uh, God. Uh, also, I'm seeing the, the the difference in design doesn't matter when it's not. They don't. They don't have to be the same design. It's just the fact that he's no, suddenly it's now the wearing. the gem itself. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Anyways. Uh, thank you, uh, I mean, Nora. For... White Orosite doesn't always look the same either, but True. it still serves its purpose. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Nora, for putting uh, fear back into my mind uh, for yeah. Silas's return. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Bring him back. I want people mad. Uh -huh. uh, okay, well, uh, moving on now, we need to talk about patch 6.15, uh, which is the latest patch to uh, grace us uh, before 6. Point, is the next one is 6.18. Is that the cross? That is world. what has been announced, that that is when the cross-world... Um, DC. Across data center travel will yeah. be available. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll we'll read through them and then when we get to certain... So I'm going to just say now that there's going to be a little bit of a spoiler thing when we get to the specific quest. quest lines. Yes. So if, we'll... if, you are, have, if you have not done content, when you see things on screen, I would suggest like either skipping ahead yeah. or muting. And then when Lakeel scrolls past them, that is when you can probably continue to listen if yes. you have done whatever we talk about afterwards. Yes. Okay, let's jump into the patch notes. Ooh. So um, here we go, 6.15. Uh, right, well, I guess we're just starting straight off the bat here with Omega, uh, right off the bat even. Um, mm -hmm. Beyond the Rift. A uh, story... Um, this is probably the longest storyline uh, in the... Uh, I well, mean, excluding Hildebrand, which we can't speak to, but, like, uh, yeah, I think this was the longest... Well, also the Beast Tribes, which is, like, a month... Beast Tribes and Amelians are, like, month-long content. Right, that's true. Whereas but... of a singular continuous uh, quest, I, this is the longest, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, we start off in... Uh, old Charlene. Yeah. And we meet, there's like this research, uh, like scientist. The spectacle technician. Yes. <laughs> and she never gets a name. I found that very weird. Yeah. And they're just having a break uh, and they're about to return to their post or whatever. And then they run into us uh, and they're like, oh, perfect timing. You're, I don't really exactly remember how they pull you in, but they're like. We are about to, we're about to learn what this secret space message we re the Ragnarok received while you were traveling to and back Ultima Thule. Yeah. Since you were on the Ragnarok, would you like to come join? It'd right. be nice if one of you was here. Yeah. And we meet Biggs and Wedge at the Ragnarok uh, dock. Mm-hmm. And they tell us that they've, essentially, the Omega... They they know how they think they know how to decipher the message, and that's by using the little toy Omega that they made. Because Omega, mm. before he died, transferred his yes consciousness consciousness. Well, also they Biggs had started to theorize that like 
Omega was behaving in ways beyond that of a mere toy. Right. It's, it was starting to show signs of like consciousness. So like they decided to give him a, the ability to speak. Yes. And so we meet him. We talk and I essentially confirm. Immediately has to clarify. I am no threat to you anymore. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm literally a toy. I, despite the fact that I transferred my consciousness to this toy, yeah. my ability to do that was in my old, my yeah. old form. I yeah. do not have that ability in this tiny Magitek toy. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, what happens? Uh, uh, I did it today, so I should remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, well, I mean, processing. They, Omega tells us that he can translate the message, but he's like, he, I, you are going to come on a, a, um, a journey of learning with me. You're going to help me learn about the heart. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, so he so he has three, three points that he wants to, to figure out. He wants to figure out the first one being the he didn't understand. He didn't like see a a proper pattern in the people that turned during the final days mm-hmm. uh, in Thabnir. So he wants to figure out why there's a discrepancy there or why there isn't like a system to it, to the chaos. Uh, and the second was, what was the second? Gar- I thought you were very bold to say that, to highlight the fact that there were three things he wanted because I could not remember it's them off I the top it. of my head. Because I did it today. <laughs> it's like fresh in my mind, but then the moment I said the first one, I'm like, oh shit, so what was the second? <laughs> well, uh, we'll remember it as we go. Anyways, we go to uh, Thavnir to figure this out, uh, and we, we um, inter- I guess interview we interview various- uh, Thabnerians. Yeah, people that... People uh, that we met during the story, actually, for the most mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. Oh. Saw that guy who got his kid squashed after yes. he turned into a terminus I've piece. said this before. <laughs> like, that man has <laughs> to either be one of the most callous people internally or he ha- his emotions have to be on the, the greatest of delays. Well, he did, or he did explain... He has to have one of the most powerful hearts of all time. <laughs> well, I mean, he goes into it at least. He explained it. He, he explained does. that uh, uh, when it happened, he was like fucking just shocked uh, beyond belief. He was in shock, yeah. And then uh, Graha said, run, he said something, you know, big big words and then he just repeated that in his head as he ran off and then that I, that was probably what prevented it it's just doing that um but he's still de- definitely broken uh he was i mean it took a long time for him to come back they took like he said that he couldn't work mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything and then over time his friend like s- some dude helped him get work and then eventually he got out of it yeah that other um, the person in charge of the fiber makers. Yes, yes. Uh, we we kind of have to TLDR. We can't go too far into all of this, but yeah. So the mm-hmm. essentially during that part, uh, Omega's like, this doesn't make any sense. He should. There's no pattern here. <laughs> There's still, no pattern here. Still, this hasn't really helped. The the second thing that he wanted to figure out w- took us to Garlemald. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was, we went to Garlemald because he had to figure out. Um, hmm, I don't remember. It, 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 there was something there, but he we go to Garlemald. We interview the people there. Uh, why they didn't ally? Yeah, it was why they did, why they didn't immediately work together in against the greater threat of the Lothar. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and we go uh, see the grave of Licinia. Lici yeah, uh, from the 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 very first quest I think you we ever did in um, mm -hmm. uh, Garlemald. Um, and we meet a, a soldier uh, who was like, was he the brother? He was something to them, I think, or he knew them. At the no, he least. was a he was a neighbor. He was something like Menius or Menenius. It was yeah. I can't remember his exact name. Yeah, he wasn't actually named in the main. Actually, this this quest gives two people names that did not have names in the MSQ, even though we saw them previously. One of them being that person that lost his son, and now this soldier yeah. who we often saw alongside Eulus. Yes, uh, and um, Omega is like why. Why aren't you, like, attacking, you know? Why aren't you angry? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, he explained... And he and Omega is, like, like explaining that. Is it's probably... It's one of two reasons. It's either because you don't have the manpower to, like, attack them right now. Or you're too, like... Over, like, the emotions are, like, interfering with your, you know, decisions. Uh, and then he says... Essentially says that that's why, like the that he he's just trying to survive right now. First of all, yeah, he doesn't have time to do this. He doesn't. He doesn't have the power to do that right now. Um, so um, uh, that's that sort of concludes. And then again, Omega's like, "What the fuck, dude? Nothing makes sense here. Uh, this this There's shit's, no pattern. This shit's not mm. computing." Um, you're not thinking logically. No. And you know what? I thought Omega was saying making a lot of sense here. I, was, I know. I was thought about you. Omega, all throughout, I was like, going to say Omega was like, this is one of the most relatable characters this game has ever made to me. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, the last part, uh, he wants to know about the ancients. Uh, so we. No, I think well the Lopperets. He, he also wants. I thought it was that he wanted to know why Sir made. The illogical decision. Oh yeah, now he starts talking about Sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's now trying to figure out why Sir suddenly started because it should, doesn't make any sense that he that he mm -hmm. acted the way he did because Dynamis should not affect them. Um, yes, it shouldn't affect things that are ostensibly non living. Right. So we travel to uh, the Lopperets on the moon, and mm -hmm. we meet Growing Way, uh, who then. Goes on. A, Freaks we, out at the appearance of Alpha. Yeah, because uh, uh, they're like, oh gives no, up. cuter than us. We're dead. Um, so yeah, they 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 take Omega on a tour, and apparently during the tour, Omega's like, you're too slow. Just leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can figure this. Shit I've out. learned enough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna learn uh, anymore talking to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, he that's that's when he gets on the like the ancient stuff, and it's like we need to go talk to. Uh, the watcher so we go we go mm -hmm. to the watcher well quickly before that we you actually get some race specific dialogue when you go to argos to ride towards oh. ride to the watcher um yeah. you would have got the most generic form of it because you play a here it would have just said that like you hold some sort of special place in the fluffiness hierarchy as makote rollo and i got Particularly complimented on our fluffy tails. Exactly. Um, okay, I see. I made that shit long and fluffy for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Viera get complimented <clears throat> on their ears. Uh, uh, Hrothgar get complimented on their like general overwhelming fluffiness. And I believe I don't have this dialogue, but I've seen people talk about it on the subreddit. I believe Lalafell got get complimented on something along the lines of the fluffiness of their general shape. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, interesting. All right. Uh, yeah, so we get to, we get to the Watcher on the horrible, scary dog, and uh, we um, I just can't get over the dog. When I saw when I read that we had to go eyes, to Argos, I'm like staring oh. at you. Yeah, it just I, just give it like normal little black eyes or something. Yeah, Why? Just, no, don't give human, human eyes. eyes. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So we get get to the Watcher. Um, the Watcher. So we get a lot of like. There's a lot being told here. Uh, we there's actually a point where he alludes to who he was, uh, that he mm -hmm. was. I I, like, I kind of like that he seemingly wasn't like a super important person, right. just a friend. Was just a those. dude uh, who worked uh, who was studying or working at uh, Anadar, um, mm -hmm. and uh, he was friends with uh, Vena, and he was one of the people that were you know sacrificed for the summoning, and that's mm -hmm. that. <laughs> um but yeah so but he the yeah. strength of his internal like wish to like support Venar is what seemingly is what created him yes alongside Heidelin it is the watcher on the moon it is yeah and that kind of implies that there was at least a very strong bond between the two of them like he, he, even though yeah. he wasn't yes. very special he was special to her so there's that um, he's a very he's very content or well, he does really question a lot of his existence now Right. Really? Uh, Which yeah. I feel like I, I really like the comfy. Uh, like it was both kind of sad and like a little bit nice when he says like, if you ever feel the need to talk, further discuss um your journeys through Elpis and the past, I am always here, willing to listen oh, yeah. to. Him. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, the so uh, yeah, he he asks to Omega because uh, we. Yeah. yeah, well, the Watcher asks us to recall everything yes. because we're the ones that experienced it, whereas his memories, to a certain extent, have been, like, uh, made blurry because Vanar or Heidelin did not want us to be true, too significantly influenced by knowledge of the past. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we give we give our... We tell the whole story, and then uh, there's a point where Omega is like... Okay, uh, so how can you talk about these people? Yeah, relatively fondly, considering all of how technically you could argue that all of them have either done bad things to us or have helped us in some way. Mm -hmm. And then he like, asks, or, yeah, like, he was more so. Yeah. He was more so criticizing Venar and Emmett Selk, who I assume we would have spoken fondly about, and then also defended Hermes, who we probably mm -hmm. would have been a bit more derisive yes. regarding. So you get a choice to like say which one you like, who you thought were in the right. Um, I'm so glad they gave us this choice. Mm. And yeah. I also am kind of glad that like Omega will say the same thing regardless of what you choose. Yeah, because that suggests to uh, that the developers didn't think that it was there was a there's, correct answer. No it is more so what is the correct answer for you. I said yeah, because I, I I felt like I chickened out when I picked the they were all because it's not they were all correct. It's say they all were justified in their own way or whatever. Way. Which I think yeah. is true. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I don't think I that's agree. a cop-out. That's I think, probably a valid answer. Yeah. I'm glad they gave us that option. I was worried that they were going to make us choose yeah, one same. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, I was, I wanted to pick two people. I wanted to pick Vanar and them itself. But, I, I mean, I can internally justify saying Hermes as well mm -hmm. in his own personal way yeah you could also have the option to say they were all wrong as well right which is yes yeah yeah 
Um, yes, I've heard that one thing that a lot of people have discussed is that a lot of people sat there like thinking about their answer before eventually picking one. Mm. It is. It was probably one of the decisions in the game that I have spent the most time thinking about. And like, even though there's a part of you that always thinks like, it doesn't matter what you pick, the <laughs> game will stay the same for the yeah. most part. It is interesting that it caused a lot of people a greater level of consternation than a lot of the choices the game gives you. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so um, now Omega is very confused. Like no, again, nothing makes sense here. Uh, this isn't right. <laughs> so I mean, it's pretty clear throughout this quest line that you know he's. It's the the quest for a for for he even says it a heart, the, this concept of a heart. Um, so eludes him. Yeah. Um, but I think this is where we just go back. I think he's like okay. Yeah, this is where this he is says it. you've given me a significant amount of things to think about. Yeah. I will. I think it is time that I return to wandering the world with Alpha. Yeah. But first, let us return to the others and. Yeah. I'll explain to you what that message was that I didn't want to tell you before. Yes. There's a really there's a uh, there's a cutscene where they cuz we come back to Biggs and Wedge and they say we we need we have to go back to the we have a ship to catch or whatever cuz some something ha has occurred. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, it's just something minor that the, yeah. the ironworks have to deal with. Yeah. So yeah. are you okay to talk while we like walk? So there's like just this cutscene of us just walking out of the thing, and they ask. I thought it was a really well made cutscene. It was, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is like just a side quest cutscene. You know? <laughs> really nice. I was, yeah. It started playing the the one song, whatever. Yeah, like, no. yeah. <laughs> it, it played um, uh, voice. Uh, what's it called? Echoes in the distance? No, no, not echoes. Um, um, Something in the distance. Yeah. D distance. Close in the distance. Close yes, in yes. The distance. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like. I know that, like, for a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that don't like the song, and there are a lot of people that are becoming desensitized to the song just because of the fact that it always plays in um in uh, Ultima Thule. Yeah. But I don't know. This really like brought back to me like how like emotional that part of the story was for me. Yeah. Uh, we get to the well. They ask. I think one Biggs or Wedge. I think it's Biggs. Asks. Uh, did you find out? Like what did you find out? And I don't, I don't even remember what he says. But it's like it's like inconclusive or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's inconclusive. Yeah. But yeah. He's we, going as as he was designed. He will keep working towards improving his knowledge and understanding and improving himself. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get to the airship, and that's where we. He's like, okay, well, we've held up our end of the deal now. Can you please just tell us what the message was? Uh, and he's like, well, it's kind of boring. It's kind of nothing, <laughs> really. Uh, you won't learn anything by listening to no. it. You still want to? He even, says, he even says you might even be lesser for knowing the true meaning of the message. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get to hear the message. And it's... Um, I don't even remember what the message is. but It's, a, it's essentially um, to whoever is out there in the cosmos who hears this... Uh, Keep doing you. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a, like a... I mean, it, they always do this kind of stuff in different types of media, but like, man, 
it was sweet and it kind of got yeah. to me and i was yeah. like shit yeah i really it's such a benign I, message but it's such like a unnecessarily positive thing to throw out into the universe yeah, yeah. it is and our characters didn't look up at the sky and then omega of course was like this message has like no value and it has no recipient it has no like what yeah. is this uh yeah he was like i determined this message to be valueless and yet i was once again i have clearly calculated incorrectly the impact that something would have upon their supposed hearts yeah uh, yeah, very, and that's that's the thing we get. We get the song. We get the orchestrion role for it. Um, oh, flow together. Flow together. Flow together. Such mm -hmm. a it's, it's my favorite it's song really from this expansion. Song. Yeah, uh, and that's the quest line. Um, and now good. you can now see Alpha and Omega throughout every zone, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, not every zone, but like through every zone, you can there are locations up through Endwalker now that Alpha and Omega will appear. For yeah. example, they. You can see them swinging on the the playset in Dalamol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, a great side quest. Yeah, wanna, really, it, the fact that this is like a a sync, like a random quest they dropped in a point one five, like a point x five patch is mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, this is one of the best quests they've made, in yes, my opinion. I agree. Uh, th this is something you would see like in a point three patch. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is kind of like the epilogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah side quest kind of like they had in heaven's ward where you can kind of reminisce with um uh the count or whatever or i don't know something like, you, you talk to everyone and the heaven's Ward related stuff yeah uh but i don't know this was just such a like essentially super simple side quest yeah mm -hmm. uh, not, not a lot of meat on the bones but uh I, it was super impactful to me and yeah. honestly this is the only time i actually got teary-eyed when i played 14 <laughs> i was like damn that robot really do be learning the meaning of the art, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Sometimes less is more, I, and this is this proves that this quest is not much. Yeah. I am surprised that we didn't go to Ultima Thule, and maybe in some continuation of this quest, maybe not even in this expansion, it might be something that happens later, but I think there is a possibility that we will explore mm -hmm. the universe with Omega at some point, so that he may find further information as to how the heart may develop inside what is seemingly a inorganic being. Yeah. And he can talk now. Or they can mm -hmm. talk now. I don't yeah. know. I'm go with I feel like we're gonna run out of time if we're gonna go this in depth on the others. So I'm gonna suggest we don't review the others and save them for next week when Mela's here. Okay. Is that's that okay? Well, do you yeah. Do you, oh, okay, yeah. I, I just know it's the time. Never mind. I was gonna yeah. say we could do Tataru's because it's not. Tataru's quick. We can do Tataru essentially. Okay, so. we can talk about Tataru's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that. That's next on the list. Tataru's Grand Endeavor is a very short uh, quest, uh, but it's it's very much feels like a setup for yes. uh, like further yeah. questing. Uh, I'm surprised where it ended. I was, it was just I yeah. thought there was gonna be more because it was really hyped up. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Tataru's mm. Grand Adventure Endeavor. I'm like. I was also surprised that it had nothing. It added nothing to our codex because she was used as no. like the promo for that. And well, yeah. the thing is, the, co the the only things that have added to the codex are MSQ. Yeah, we've got no information in. We've got no information about in the codex about the um the twenty four man raid. No, I was sure when we were playing this that we were gonna get more on like Sicard and like all the other Sicard as in Picard. <laughs> I've been watching too much Star Trek. Uh, uh, and Pip, Pippin, like we were talking to Pippin, people yeah. that I was sure we were mm. going to get in the codex, but no. Um, mm -hmm. 
anyways, yeah, the the quest um, essentially, Tataru wants to build up a, like a huge uh, an empire. Empire, um, and she needs she needs to network. She needs connections. To, yeah, she needs connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wants to send us out and do it uh, for her um, because you know it's us. So we we have a little you know. People know us, you know. Uh, so she sends us to the three starting cities: uh, Sikard in Limsa. Um, uh, oh God, that Gridanian shit. Um, oh, horn, <laughs> the red uh, poor. Uh, what is it? Oh, little little boy. Little, uh, what are they called? Po- what is that race like? Pajal. Pajal. Uh, we're just struggling with everything. <laughs> I, Arun. Arun. Yeah. Sorry, I just don't care about the Gridania people. I'm so. <laughs> that tank side quest just left such a bad taste in my mouth. I can't. Yeah, it's hard to bring myself to care. We still need to talk about all yeah, the job quests, do. and we yes. need to wait for all you guys to finish yeah, them all because yeah. there is a very important final quest that I want you guys to talk about. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and I'm saying that funny, I'm saying this as a white mage, by the way. So I have the <laughs> right. All right. It's uh, funny because they they talk down about it too. Like when I'm not inside, the, like the uh, the uh, the black shroud, no one cares who I am. Right. Like, <laughs> right. People yeah. just think I'm like an owl raw. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess who would know who the fuck you are? <laughs> uh yeah so and then uldar pippin um mm-hmm. who by far out of the three i think is of course the best character um oh, yeah absolutely but okay let's start with sacred sacred is there and go through all of them there's not really much to no. say about the first no. two i thought maybe the there was something to mention <laughs> pippin is the most important the most important thing is that when we get to pippin he says that like i found something that might be important to Taro. i found a necklace that her family had to give away yeah. when they became like destitute after her father like lost his business and i would like you to help me i'll give it to you and maybe you can do something to repair it and then yeah. give it to her yeah uh, and that's sort of, and then we go when, yeah, when we go back, um, the I don't remember her name. I'm sure I'll remember it eventually because she's probably she's very important to this quest. But the lady who works with Tataru, <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of them. It's her, Medina. Um, is uh, she's like, oh, we should, we can fix it. And then this other lady behind the counter is like but maybe we should add like stuff to it and that's essentially it mm-hmm. and i'm assuming uh, yeah, by the we'll end of this pandora line, bracelet yeah by the end of this <laughs> we'll give her the full <laughs> pandora bracelet yeah i uh, just mm-hmm. it just wasn't a lot i mean i don't think it's a bad quest just weird it was so high it, up, hyped up and then it there doesn't was, yeah it yeah, doesn't feel I, I feel like they should have added one more quest to it maybe it just doesn't feel like yeah. A full quest line. No. Only fine to like, you know, stretch it out a little bit over the expansion, but it's just this one was And also odd that it like it, it comes with no reward either. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. whoa. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have seen people theorizing that because she's now like got connections to all three grand companies, there is a possibility we might might get some new grand company gear. That's what with I was a, thinking. With a new as rank. Well. I'm like, wow, that oh. is big hype. We haven't had we I mean, we've never had a new like no, a, we have. I don't know if they added. 
Those are they Storm Elite ones, and that's not a rank. You can't be an Elite. If you're thinking about the Hunt gear. Oh, no. Because that's not no. technically... Uh, no, I'm talking gear you buy with company seals. Which one do we have that's uh, higher than uh, Officer? But this Captain. Captain yeah, is the Captain highest one gear. right now. Do we have Captain gear? Do we have Captain uniforms? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Limsa has the pirate coat. Um, Ulda has Yeah, we the... get a pirate coat and a pirate hat. Yeah. Oh and yeah, it's, it's... you're right. I forgot they added that. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's that just was too... a long time yeah, ago, that's... so I can understand yeah. why you'd forget. Right, right, right. And and it was tied to the uh <laughs> the train squadron. the recruits, yeah, the squadrons. Right. That's <laughs> which uh I don't know how you're gonna get the next rank because I don't think they're gonna go back to squadrons. Right, no. Um okay. Well, I think that's... they said they want to phase out squadrons, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh okay. Um there we go. That's that. Uh, Hildebrand has been added. We're not going to talk about that. We're also not going to talk about mm -hmm. custom deliveries. We'll talk about that next week. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Also this next week, the Arcasodora Tribal Quest. We'll also save that for next week. I will say good song. Oh, yeah. Good song in the Arcasodora zone. Yeah. Um, Omega Yeah, Omega was added immediately into New Game Plus, which was interesting. None of the others. Which makes me think that this part, we're probably not getting any more of it, this expansion. That's probably. why I was like, hmm. I would like a continuation, but I understand yeah. that like it might be something that will come later. Yeah. Okay, so they added some new furnishings um, from the furnishing design contest. Sorry, what is this untextured log on the right side? Oh yeah, I was gonna <laughs> it's say. It's so soft. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know what this is. Is it supposed to like look fake? Is that why they did that? It, like, it's like those playground sets. It's supposed to. Yeah. Just a poo. Yeah, it, it is. It kind of is kind of pool like. Uh, it has. We we have some nice thing on the wall, some crystal things, and I'm assuming these windows are new since they're. The windows are new. People yeah. were very excited about those. Yeah. Um and some uh, fish skewers. So it's yummy. Yeah, looks nice. Comes in a. Bowl. I don't think that little flame would cook them. No. 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 Wouldn't even sear them. And another outdoor housing item that's... Jumping puzzles for your Jumping own house. Jumping puzzles for your house. Exactly. Combine this with a miniature heaven on high. You're going to have a whole playground in your front yard. Yeah. I don't know if <laughs> calling this a jump puzzle is a... Uh, that's a bit generous, but yeah. Well, you uh, can... You, you know, combine with some... Make it difficult for Mela so he gets mad. Just like... <laughs> yeah. You can never I mean, get you Yeah. You won't be able to just walk up. You do have to jump up this. That's yeah. true. That is true. They've also added some uh, uh, a new so. Well, these were all from the previous from the 2019 furnishing design contest. Yeah. The next ones are ones they came up with. Yeah, these these are the three the three sisters. Um, I assume they're from. We'll get them from the Arcadora quest. Probably. Possibly, yeah, that would make sense. There's also this fancy uh, Art Deco chair, I guess, uh, or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and that's, I think those are the two things that are new. The others, I, I think, are old. Uh, the others I mostly recognize. Yeah. Mandeville Gold Saucer. Sorry, Sorry, what? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe just me. I feel like it would have been more yeah, it's kind of off the, frame. the picture it's, if it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, new cards have been added for for Triple Triad and new opponents. That those are exclusively come from the Arcasadora quests, yeah. from yeah. what I can tell. 
New York Christian rules have been added. I'm assuming that's the Omega one and possibly also the Arc Sadara thing. Yeah, they gave us Flow together and yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine there's much more. It's no. For PvP, okay. So, <laughs> uh, we were only... Ex- back, mate, sort of. Yeah, but... But what? not all the way back. No. no. Uh, so, so, Ninja, surprisingly, also got nerfed. Uh, the hidden effect is now uh, will now end when using sprint, so no more sprinting while uh, hidden, and your uh, cure uh, potency. Didn't even know ninjas could do that. No, uh, cure potency has now been reduced from ten thousand to eight thousand. So a uh, slight nerf for ninja there. Uh, for black mage paradox, no longer have the charges. Nightwing so paradoxes. Uh, Nightwing half asleep, no longer reduces target movement speed. And soul resonance damage reduction from the apocostasis, apocostasis, there we go, I did it, effect yes, has been changed job. from 20% to 10%. So there you go. Uh, probably they didn't decrease any of the damage increases. None of the, no, none the, of the potency increases were low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I don't think it was that bad. No. Uh, <laughs> interesting. That's the that's the meat. Yeah, I guess you can. I guess turn the... in word gear. Hi, so. You can now you can now sub, submit for expert deliveries or desynthesize all the moonward gear. That's yeah. mm-hmm. earlier than normal, actually. Oh, normally that else. happens at the point two patch. We'll talk about Amelians next week. Uh, I I want to ruin that marriage so badly. All right, new items okay. been added to gathering points. Uh, new mounts, of course. Uh, new minions. There you go. That's the patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, goodbye, like... Windows 7 and Mac 32 bit. <laughs> Sorry, I want to quickly say about Amelians before we go. I like that for one of the turn-in levels, she just asked for frogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, there you go. That is the... Uh, those are the patch notes. Um, and that's the show uh, for today. We'll go into more detail next week. Yes, more more stuff to come. Um, thanks for watching this episode of Speakers of Fidelin. Remember to follow on Twitter at speakersxiv, twitch.tv slash speakersofidelin, youtube.com slash speakersxiv, exclamation discord in chat if you want to join. Wait, what did I say? Speakersxiv.com slash... <laughs> Wait, what am I... Wait, let me restart. I didn't know what... I don't know what okay. I wanted to say. <laughs> and this, this man here pulls out <laughs> Kay's cooking. I have a can't... lot more to say than Kay. Kay has... Please uh, watch me and like and subscribe. I have to remember hey, addresses. Hey, it's more than that. Oh, you you really wanted to continue, but you stopped. <laughs> Love that. All right. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Remember, remember to follow on Twitter at speakersxv, twitch.tv slash speakersxv, and youtube.com slash speakersxv, exclamation, uh, Discord in chat if you want to join our Discord server. If you're watch on, watching on demand, links in the description. Remember to send us mug mail, speakersxv.com slash mug mail. And if you're watching live, you can watch the post show. Remember to watch that. <laughs> I don't know. That's not how this ends. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, thank you.
You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv, or buy some merch at teespring.com slash stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.